Well, I want to thank you for being here this morning. We are missing a number of people. I know of about 10 or 12 that uh, I've contacted or they've contacted me and, and they're just kind of under the weather, out of town, hadn't got back. So anyway, I want to keep all these people in prayer for a safe journey that they will get home safely. We got Lynn. She called me this morning. She's on her way up toward Amarillo to take her grandchildren home. So she's got a long drive ahead of her, and she's going to turn right around and come home tonight. So I prayed with her over the telephone and uh, for a safe trip, safe journey. And uh, I know we've got a several people. They're just kind of under the weather, and I want to talk to you just a minute about Roy and Pat. They are doing real good. They said it was a very light case they had of this uh, COVID. And uh, they were out of church 12, about 12 days before this coming. So they, they wasn't around any of us to give this to us because it wasn't going in. They had just started it. So we're safe there. And I talked to them uh, yesterday and they're both feeling fine. They've just, Pat said she was just a little tired feeling. Roy said that that's about what he was. And they, uh, at the hospital where they took the test and everything, all they gave Roy was uh, just uh inhaler. I don't know why I couldn't say that. But just gave him an inhaler and told him to, to watch his uh, blood pressure because they just had a very light, they said very light case, and they're feeling fine. But uh, they wasn't around us here at church whenever all this was taking place, so y'all don't worry about that. And because they was out 12 days, they said, they counted it up that they wasn't here at church before this happened. So, and y'all keep them in prayer, and uh, Samantha, their daughter, and everything, she's out too. Just she's just quarantining herself. She she don't feel bad at all. So anyway, and then we got people that's deer hunting. We've got people that's uh, visiting relatives, and uh, some that's just a little under the weather with like most of it's allergies. And so uh, anyway, just keep the church under prayer. And that, uh, that God's going to be with us. He is with us. He's going to take care of you. And uh, everything. But uh, today what I wanted to do, and I guess, I think we all go through this. But I've entitled my message today, Dealing with Disappointment. Anybody in here ever get disappointed? I mean, sometimes we get to that point, like, it's, here I noticed that lately, and I got to, after I was doing this, I said, you know, this really sermon is for me. Because you, you try so hard to be there for the people, help the people and everything, and uh, it just seems like the more you try to do, the less it's appreciated. I mean, we've all been there. And uh, so I'm just going to try that much harder. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about because, you know, I mean, we come in here, it's, it's very disappointing to look out there and know there's people out sitting outside, sitting home that need to be in church 
Are, are, are they invited? We need to take some time, do some visitation with your friends. If they're not in church, invite them to come to church. If they're in a church somewhere, then that's wonderful. I would never ask a person to leave a church to come to here. If they're happy where they're at. But if they're not in church, that's the people I'm looking for. Those that are not in church, that need to be in church, because... I'm just going to be honest with you. We are in our last days right now. And we need to instill into the people they need Jesus Christ in their life. We all do. And we need to develop a closer walk with Him each day. Get in your Bible, read His words, see what He's saying to you. Many times I get kind of, well, not tonight, I get kind of down in the dumps a little bit because I ask myself, Lord, is it something that I'm doing that I should not be doing? Or am I doing something that uh, the people don't like? Or what? You know, but when you see your church, and, and people tell me, no, it's not you, Bill. It's just that just things happen. I realize things happen. But uh, I just pray to God, God, if I'm wrong, write me. If I'm wrong, make me right. So I just want to let y'all know how much I appreciate y'all and that uh, I'm always going to be here for you. Whatever you need, I'm going to do my best to be here for you. I can't go to the hospitals anymore. They won't let us in. But sometimes, in some, some cases, they will. So if it's to that point where they will let me in, I will be there. And uh, if I, but uh, what I would really like to do this morning is I, I, I'd really like to just kind of talk to you a minute about, uh, like I said, dealing with disappointment. Because we run into disappointment. When things don't go just the way we think they should go, we get disappointed. We get disappointed in people. People will constantly disappoint you. They will constantly disappoint you. I know I've probably disappointed a lot of y'all. If I have, I apologize, and I'm sorry. But, you know, it's just, I guess we'll call it the human nature in a person that sometimes uh, they want to do things their way and not God's way. And we need to always be doing it God's way. And uh, but, but the reason that many of us uh, experience disappointment is because sometimes things do not go according to our plan. Have you ever figured that out? Well, that's not the way I figured it would go. That's not the way I wanted it to happen. The Bible teaches us that we should always say in everything that we attempt to do or things that we want to do, if the Lord wills. You know, sometimes God's not with us in some of the things we want to do. And He will close the door that those things don't take place. And we don't think about that. We say, we just get disappointed. We even get mad. Well, I don't understand that. I have been so good. I've worked so hard and this happens. Well, maybe it happened for a reason. We have to stop and consider Maybe what we wanted 
was not God's plan. And God's going to institute His plan over our plan. It's simply because He loves us. You know, many times God's will is different from our will. What we want to happen, and when we want it to happen, you know, I've I got to say, this is one of my worst faults. If I want something and I want it to happen, I want it to happen right now. I'm ready right now. But see, sometimes things have to take place. God uses other people in our life. Sometimes He has to prepare that other people to help you do what you want to do. It's not always us. God institutes and puts other people in our life that can help us, but sometimes He has to work them in to the plan. And we don't stop and think about that. But it's just not always, well, I want it and I want it now, and it needs to be done right now. There is no sense in waiting on it. And uh, But sometimes we have to be willing to yield our will to God's will. I know that's a lot of wills in there, but we do. Sometimes we have to let our will be yielded to God's will and not our will. And that's what I said a while ago. We should always say, Lord, this is something I would really like to see accomplished and really like to see happen if it be your will. Sometimes what we want is not God's will. God's got other plans, and we're trying to override God's plans. And you know, the thing about it is, sometimes God will let you have your way to show you that wasn't really what you wanted. He'll let things happen in your life to show you, oh God, this is what I want. Yes, sir, this is it. I know this is what I want. He said, okay, we'll just let it happen. And sometimes we're in a worse shape than we've ever been because we wanted our will instead of God's will. And see, God knows what's best for us. He knows everything about us. He knows, it's just like I said, He knows the day of our birth. He knows the day of our death. He knows how many hairs you got on your head. He knows everything there is to know about you. He knows what you're going to do in the next five minutes, the next ten seconds. He knows what you're going to think. God knows everything. God is omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time by His Holy Spirit. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. This is our God. We don't put anything over on God. Many people think, well, I did this and that, but you know, God hasn't said anything, so I guess God has forgot about it. I'm, I'm, I'm off the hook. Unless you've repented, you're not. If you've sinned, the Bible says, "Let it be sure that your sin will find you out." You're not hiding anything from God. None of us are. God knows everything. He knows when you're going to sin. He knows what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Your your plans, your schemes, and everything else. So we're not putting anything over on God. But sometimes He'll let you do it. A punishment for sin. There's always punishment for sin if we do not repent of it and get it out of our life. Here in the 24th chapter of Luke, I guess it's probably 
one of my favorite portions of Scripture about disappointment. You mean disappointment's in the Bible? Yes, it is. Disappointment is in the Bible. Uh, this here tells about a time when two of Jesus' disciples were experiencing a disappointment. They were experiencing this, this disappointment because things didn't work out like they wanted it to work out, like they thought it would work out. And uh, it's in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 21. And y'all all probably know the story about the two men on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus joins them along the way. And of course, now they don't realize this is Jesus. God has done something and he has blinded their eyes that they did not recognize Jesus. And he was talking with them and they were telling Jesus why they were so disappointed. But here it says in Luke 24, verse 13 through 21, And behold, Two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. That's about seven miles. In case y'all didn't know, I looked it up. But it's about seven miles. And, uh, and as they talked together, all of these things which had happened, you know, they were discussing the things that had happened. Now what they're discussing it's Jesus' death, his crucifixion. And it came to pass that while they talked together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were shut that they should not know him. In other words, God had kind of blinded their eyes or we'll just say put scales over their eyes maybe, kind of like he did Paul on his, on his way. And... Uh, they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't recognize him. And Jesus said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? He said, Hey, what are you guys talking about here that you're so sad about? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering said unto him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? See, now they hadn't recognized Jesus. And have not known the things which have come to pass in these days? I mean, they're saying, hey, don't you know what's happened? And you, are you just a stranger here? Are you just passing through? Of course, this is Jesus. He knows exactly what happened. It was Him. And Jesus said unto them, what things? Like He didn't know. <clears throat> and they said unto Him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet highly and which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they crucified Jesus. And then they go on, they say, here in the in twenty one says, But we trusted, or we believed that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. In other words, they're believing and they thought that Jesus truly was the Messiah that God was sending to them. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Jesus was with them. Jesus had rose from the dead. And he was with these men 
of Emmaus as they were walking along. And said, and just, see, it's just like many of these Jews, these two disciples expected the Messiah to come to Israel and to deliver them from Roman oppression. They expected to be set free from the Roman rule. And many believed Jesus to be the Messiah. And they trying to figure out, well, we thought he was the Messiah. We don't understand why would God allow him to be crucified if he was our Messiah. And when Jesus was arrested and crucified, it said that they were very disappointed that he did not do what they expected him to do, to set them free from the Roman rule. See, I guess if we would have been there in this day and time, it'd be hard for us to see their way of thinking. Why? Because we already know why he was crucified, why he had to die, and why this was part of God's plan. But see, they didn't know this. And they was real concerned, well, if he's the Messiah, he's dead, he's gone. He's not going to help us. And what they don't realize, that's Jesus walking with them right now. He has been resurrected, he's come up out of the grave, and he is with them now. You notice they said, and this has been, this happened three days ago today. We all know Jesus rose on that third day. So that is Jesus that had been resurrected, walking with them, and finding out what these people were thinking. You know, I think if we would have probably been there and walking with them, what do you think you would have said to them? Knowing what you know today, we'd probably say to them, don't you understand that Jesus died for our sins? He was the Lamb of God. He had to die for our sins so that we could be saved. He had to die so that He could give us eternal life. See, when Jesus died and was resurrected, that right there proved that we also shall be resurrected when we die. But we don't wait three days. The moment your eyes close in death, it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Immediately, immediately, you go into the presence of Jesus Christ. You don't wait three days. But Jesus waited three days. But he had things to do in that period of time too. You know, and two, the truth is that they didn't understand why this happened. And the reason they didn't really is because God was doing something entirely different than what they had planned on happening. How many times has God ever done something different in your life that you was entirely planning for something different to happen? I know He has mine. Boy, I wasn't looking for that, Lord, but thank you. Thank you for doing that, Lord. I wasn't expecting it, but thank you. See, that's what God does. He comes into our lives. We're thinking one thing. Can you just imagine? Well, I know this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and God's just kind of up there snickering. Oh, <laughs> you think so, huh? But things happen according to God's plan. Not our plan, but to God's plan. 
We expect God to do something. Excuse me. We expect God to do something, and He does something entirely different than what we expected. You know, and y'all know this from time to time. I've got up here. Going to bring you a message. Had it all fixed out. Boy, this is what I'm going to tell them right here. This is it, Lord. I've got it pat. And I didn't use a bit of it. Because God says, no, that's not my plan after all. That's the way I like for God to do things. I like for Him to totally and completely change what I was going to do. Because His is always better. His is always better. He wants you to know certain things at certain times about God, about His love, His mercy, His grace, His compassion, how much He loves you. He's going to do things in your life that just kind of like, I saw it on Facebook the other day, and I said, I think I even shared it, but it says, I just have to look up and smile and say, God, I know that was you. And there's been those days I have to just, God, that had to be you. I know it was you. But God wants to do things in our life to bless us, just to show us how much He loves us. God wants us to know how much He loves us. You know, some think, God, what are you doing? This is not what I planned. I didn't plan it this way, Lord. When the truth is, our thoughts were never His thoughts, and our ways were never His ways. And I'm going to read you that scripture here in just a minute. God says that His ways are so much higher than our ways. We cannot even begin to think of all the things that God can do. And sometimes I think God has to look at us and say, surely you can ask me more than that. You know, I can do it. I'm not limited to what I can do in a person's life. I'm not limited to the way I can bless you. I'm not limited to how I can heal you. I'm not limited except by you yourself. You know, you can limit God to what He can do in your life. We limit God on what He can do in our life. How? Doubt and unbelief. Well, God, I don't believe God can do it. I don't think God would do it. That's no way to think because nothing is impossible for God. Isn't that what He tells us? Nothing. Not some things now, but nothing is impossible for God. He can do whatever He needs to do and He can do it any way He needs to do it. He looks at our life. He sees the things we need. Sometimes you know you don't even have to ask God just knows. Matter of fact, the Bible says He knows our needs before we ask. He knows our needs before we ask. He knows what you need. And He wants to meet those needs simply because of His love for you. He wants to bless you. <clears throat> and uh, I think that as I was reading, I run across something it's an old hymn. I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it to you. But the name of it is Trust and Obey. Anybody ever heard that old hymn? Just Trust and Obey. 
And I'm just, just going to read a few of the words here because they're so great. It says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of this world, word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us and still and with all who will trust and obey. He abides with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there is no other way. To be happy in Jesus, just trust and obey. Don't you figure, don't, just think how much that would please God to just trust Him and to obey what He says. We would see so much more take place in our lives. We wouldn't have near the disappointment that we run into daily simply because we had a plan and God did it different. Can you imagine Him doing something different than what I planned? Well, that's the way God works. He probably looked at our plan, like I said, and just kind of laughed and said, Oh, no. Huh. That's not even close. God's plan is always so much better than our plan. And, uh, you know, it says, Not everything God allows in our lives is pleasant. Sometimes we have to go through a little discipline ourselves. Why? If y'all were anything like me growing up, I had to go through some discipline from my mother and dad. Because I had my idea and they had their idea and they said their idea was what was going to take place. And that's with God. This is my plan. Get on the boat or get out there and float. Do one of the two. But this is my plan. You're either going to go with my plan or there won't be a plan. God has His way of doing things, and believe me, God's ways are always right over our ways. Not everything God allows in our lives is pleasant. We don't. Like I said, we go through some punishment at times. Sometimes there's some heartaches that take place. There's some sorrows. And you know, many times when we go through these things, we learn a very valuable lesson from what we went through. Because we said, Lord, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want that to ever happen again. Lord, I'm going to start listening to you. I don't want to be punished by you. But it says that He disciplines those in whom He loves. That's just like our parents. They disciplined us because they loved us and they didn't want us to do these things again. They didn't want us to get in trouble because they knew that some of the things we do could cause harm to us it could hurt us, even kill us. God watches over us. It's kind of like that old mother hen. Have y'all ever noticed in the pictures how an old mother hen kind of watches over her chicks? How if there's danger coming, how she'll, she can make a sound. I've watched it. That clucking and that noise she makes, and she folds out those wings and all those little chicks hurry underneath those wings and she closes those wings on them. That's kind of what God does to us. I call it God's hedge of protection that He puts around us because He loves us. And He don't want harm and sickness and danger to come to us. He says, listen to my word. Listen to what I have told you. 
What God tells us is from His heart because He does love us. And what He's telling us is for our own good. You know, but here we're talking about those, those disciples there that, that were so disappointed. You know, but the story of these two disciples, we can learn that God is always working even in the midst of things that we don't understand. Those disciples could not understand why God would allow His Messiah to be killed. They thought He was coming to set up His kingdom right then and there to deliver them from Roman oppression, to set them free. And He will. But not yet. We're set free whether we know it or not when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. A lot of freedom comes to us that we never knew before because of Jesus Christ. You know, it could have been a whole different story with these disciples if they had only known and trusted Jesus. He knew what He was doing and it was all for us. He knew why He came to this earth. He knew why He had to die. He knew He was going to be resurrected. But everything that Jesus did on that cross was for you and me. It didn't benefit Him. He suffered through it. But it really definitely benefited us. Gave us eternal life, salvation. We're now a member of the family of God. God is now our Father because of what Jesus Christ did. Of what Jesus did. Jesus always has a reason for what He does. Here in Romans 8.28... And y'all probably even know what, what, what it is. He said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purposes. He works things to our good to those who are called and who love Him. And a while ago, I, I mentioned to y'all about a scripture. Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. I do not think what you think. I do not think like you think. And because you, your ways are not my ways. My ways are higher than your ways. It says, for as high, for, <clears throat> excuse me, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We cannot even begin to think or compare our thoughts to God's thoughts. He's already got it figured out. All we got to say, yes, Lord, I believe it and I receive it. I'll do it your way. And God blesses us right here. Notice it says in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. And it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things where I send it to do. Whatever God speaks, His promises in this Bible to us, if He has made a promise to us, and we hold up our end of the bargain, you can be assured it's going to happen. He says, for my word does not leave me and go out in void. 
and they returned to me for it, but it accomplishes what I sent it out to do. And that word will never fail. God's word will never fail. It's always going to take place. It's always going to do what God sends it out to do. And you know, God has probably spoke a lot of things that's still, that's still wandering around out there today. It just hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. Whatever He's spoken will take place. <clears throat> you know, and, and I'm going to close. If the band wants to come up, if you will. You know, when we talk about disappointment, it can sometimes be like it can be like a deadly poison from your enemy. It's something that Satan does to us that disappoints us so bad. The Bible refers to disappointment as hope deferred. That's what the Bible says. Disappointment is hope deferred, or as hope put on hold. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, "Hope deferred." makes the heart sick. Hope deferred, or hope put on hold, makes our heart sick. But do you know, if we link this verse right here with Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, guard your heart from disappointment. Know that when something comes up and it's not what you wanted, know it's what God wanted. And don't be disappointed in it. Guard your heart from disappointment. For out of the heart flow the issues of life. It's our heart that flow the issues of life. Our thoughts, our wants, our needs. He says guard that heart and don't let disappointment rob your heart. And you know, this hope deferred is what the Bible calls it. It can cause the heart to be disappointed. It can cause the heart to have such a disappointment because something didn't happen the way you wanted to. And disappointment can hinder your faith in God and even cause us to doubt God. When we become so disappointed, it can, it can change our belief in, in God and the things that He said. And in some cases, we get so disappointed, we become angry at God because of something that happened. And I know some people that this has happened to. They became so disappointed in some things that, that, that happened that they became angry with God. Blaming God for some of the things that happened. And we have to stop and think. You know, there is others out there to bring disappointment. We have an enemy that wants to bring disappointment to you. He wants to give you so much disappointment you do. You become angry with God. You become mad at God. And you start blaming God for things happening that was really your own fault or the fault of whoever it happened to. Like I said, I know a person, and they're a lot better now. They've kind of prayed about it. I've prayed with them about it, and things have changed. But there for a while, there was so much anger at God. 
because of something that happened that God did not do. And I'm not going to go into it because y'all probably know who I was talking about and I don't want that to be. But we have an enemy out there that wants to cause disappointment. We look at John 10.10. 10. What does it say? Jesus himself tells us the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to bring you disappointment. He wants you to have a disappointment in your life. He wants you to be disappointed. He wants you angry. He wants you mad at God. He wants you to reject God and blame God for all the stuff that He did. And we don't see that. No. We blame God for something that the devil has done. We need to stop and look at things when they happen and when they take place. And we ask yourself, now would this be something that God would do? Or would this be something the enemy would do? And, and 99% of the time, you're going to come up with something the enemy would do. The enemy wants to destroy you. Take away all your hope. Even if they had the opportunity, they'd like to kill you if you belong to Jesus Christ. But you mean Jesus don't do all these things? No, not all of them. Sometimes he does punish us. But look what Jesus said right after, right after he said, The thief come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. And then Jesus right around turns to himself, And I am come that you might have life and that, it, and that you might have it more abundantly. I come to give you an abundant life. I come to, to, to do good in your life. I come to bless you. And we have to receive those blessings. Matter of fact, in the mornings when you get up, you need to say, Lord, thank you for how you're going to bless me this day. Even though you don't see it yet, but Lord, thank you for the way you're going to bless me today. And Lord, may everything that I do glorify you. You know, that's what I, I do that a lot. I say, Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you for what's going to take place. And Lord, if you put somebody in front of me that needs to hear your word, let it be. If we're in just a conversation, let me say something to glorify you. Let me tell somebody something about you. You'd be surprised how many times during the day if I'm out doing something, how I'll run into somebody that I'll get to say something to. And they bring up the conversation. No, God wants to bless us. He wants to take care of us. So, let's put our trust in God. Just trust and obey because God knows what He's doing. If you're here today, maybe saying, you know, I have had a lot of disappointments in my life. I've had a lot of things happen. And, I've, and all this time, I've been blaming God. And the more I think about it, some of the things that happened wasn't God. It was an enemy coming against me, and yet I was blaming God. Maybe you need to apologize to God. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me of the mistakes that I made. Come into my life and help me to walk with you even closer. If you're here today and you need God to do some things in your life,
You need blessings. He's the God of all blessings. And God wants to bless you. So if you're here today and you need something, I'd ask you to come to the altar or I'll be down front and I'll be glad to pray with you. But if there's something in your life you need today, today's the day to ask God to forgive you of anything that's wrong and to bless you so that you may be a servant unto Him.